Hello, hello, hello. This is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. You found us at www.dredhill.podbean.com. Did you know that there are over 200 episodes and every one of them are free? And you and everyone you know can listen to these episodes in the future. Thanks for joining us today for the episode for Sunday, August 28, 2022. The title is Telling Time for Beginners, All the World's a Stage Being Set. (laughs) Shakespeare said uh, through one of his characters in his play, As You Like It, All the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. Well, if you're going to have a play, the stage must be set, right? All the props have to be in place and everybody needs to know their their, uh, cues and their entrance and their exit and where to stand and all of that kind of stuff. The lighting has to be right. And today we're thinking of Bible prophecy as a stage is being set because of the events that are going to occur on that stage in the future of the world. And there's an amazing inability of so many churches and pastors, they have an amazing inability to see the obvious stage setting that's going on right in front of our own eyes, the events that are happening. Why? Why do they not see this? Here's why. They ignorantly are trapped in a man-made systematic theology that came from Augustine who spiritualized and allegorized the literal truths of the Bible. I'll give you an example. In the book of the Revelation, every time it talks about Israel, Augustine spiritualizes that to say, well, that's talking about the church. Well, actually, that's completely wrong because the church is mentioned, I think it's 19 times in the first three chapters of the book of the Revelation. And then it, I believe we see in chapter four that the church is raptured. It is called to heaven. And you never see the, the Greek word ecclesia, church, mentioned again in the book of the Revelation from chapters 4 through 19 when the church returns with the Lord Jesus Christ in the second coming to begin the millennial kingdom. But Augustine just spiritualized that to say, well, you know, Israel uh, is the church now. So anytime you see that in the New Testament, it's talking about the church, you know, and so on. So that, that would be an example of that. Here's the problem, though. When many pastors and denominations get to Bible prophecy and current stage-setting world events that are happening right now, right in front of them, they are completely clueless because it doesn't fit into their neat little systematic theology, but it does fit in Bible theology, a a biblical theology. That is what we learn about God and about the church and about truth as the Bible unfolds successively and chronologically. 
a lot of these pastors and churches, they're, they're like the bank robber who was caught in the act of robbing the bank, who denies it and says to the SWAT team, who are you going to believe, me or your own eyes? <laughs> well, if the SWAT team was trapped in a misunderstanding of reality, they would believe the bank robber. That would be the analogy here. Those Augustinian theologians are going to believe the bank robber, not the obvious stage-setting events right in front of their own eyes. That's the point. I want you today to forget those blind leaders of the blind, and I want to challenge you that you may actually be doing the same thing, even though you don't know anything about theology, perhaps. Maybe you know a little bit, but not a lot. But but you are not seeing what is happening right in front of us. Here's the really neat thing about Bible prophecy and those who hold a biblical theology as it is unfolded throughout the course of the Bible. And we, we see things predicted in Bible prophecy, and we know that they are going to be literally fulfilled unless they are obviously an allegory or a, a symbolic type of thing. And our way of interpreting the Bible, it allows for that, where that's obviously what is meant, right? But their theology doesn't allow for that. So if somebody is trapped within that systematic view from St. Augustine, they're going to have a problem even handling what they're seeing happening right in front of them. And yet what we say is going to happen, we are starting to see things align. We are seeing things begin to fall into synchronicity. We are seeing things begin to take their proper place on this stage of future world history, literally, and I'm going to give you some examples of that in today's episode. Now, if you don't believe in any of this, I want you to give me the courtesy of listening to the entire episode. And I think when we're done, you're going you're gonna to at least say, hmm, this bears more investigation. I mean, at the very least, I hope that's where you're moved to so that you realize that you need to know more, not less, about this subject. We need that biblical theology that lets the Bible interpret the Bible and the biblical theology that does not spiritualize nor allegorize everything into meaninglessness. In other words, if we can we can vaporize everything into meaninglessness, let's just all be Buddhist or something. You know, it doesn't matter. And we reach a perfect state of nothingness. Well, truth does matter. So we've got to ask this question. You know, I said the title of the episode today is Telling Time for Beginners. That is someone who doesn't know very much, maybe not anything about Bible prophecy, How do they make all of this hang together and make sense? All right, that's what this brief episode is aimed at, and I'm sure many of you have progressed very nicely over the last couple of months as we've looked at these topics. But today's particular topic 
is all the world's a stage, you know, like Shakespeare said, but it's a stage that's being set, it's being set up for events that are going to happen. So what props, what realities, what conditions must exist before the Antichrist appears? That's a great question. We go to Revelation 13, and I'm going to read through verses 1 through 18. Now, I'll give you an example right here. We're going to see mention some things that are obviously symbolic, and we don't explain those away. We learn from them. But we're also going to see literal things that are going to happen, and that's how the literal method of interpreting the Bible works. That's how it works correctly. In Revelation 13, 1 through 18, let's start in verse 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Now, by the way, the sea in the Bible often refers to the the nations, the non-Jews, the world at large. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion." Now, these symbols allude back to what was revealed about 2,000 years prior to when John had this revealed to him back in the prophet Daniel. And you can go back and read Daniel and you will see these animals mentioned um, in this exact sequence of world history, okay? That That was future to Daniel, but it played out just like Daniel predicted it. So anyway, John sees the same thing. And the dragon, who's the dragon? We know from this book, the book of the Revelation, that it is, it is Satan. It is the one called Lucifer that is fallen. And he's in charge of all the demons and fights God. He's not like, like God. He's not powerful like God, but he is opposing God. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. Now, when we interpret this, we believe that although it is mentioned that there are seven heads and ten horns, that in this specific verse, that seventh head, for example, let's think of it that way, is also represented by a man, all right? Now, people aren't all that amazed at what happens in politics enough to uh, follow the beast, all right? So I think here that this world leader is is mortally wounded and he dies and yet he's resurrected this mimicking or faking at least 
the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the result is, it says there at the last part of verse three, and all the world wondered after the beast. Verse four, and they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue 40 and two months. So this resurrection of this world leader, which blows the mind of the world, and they begin to worship him and follow him. He's the man the world's been looking for, trust me. The whole world is looking for somebody to bring order out of chaos. The world always has been, and it definitely is right now. But they don't want the Lord Jesus Christ to do that. They would rather have this fake Messiah. So we see that this resurrection occurs, and he's allowed to continue for 40 and two months. So that's three and a half years on the Jewish calendar. So now this leader is literally spiritually indwelt by Satan himself. And this is a whole new level, a whole new ball game. Verse six, and he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints. Now this would be the Jewish people that are on the earth at this time. And I, I believe anybody who is turning to Jesus at this time, and it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given, unto, given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Verse eight, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. Now, if we have... The first beast arising from the sea, symbolizing the Gentile nations of the world, we see that this other beast comes up out of the earth. This may suggest that he is Jewish, the, the land Israel, the earth. And it says about him, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Is that a disconnect or what? So he appears to be from God, but he's really from Satan, and that's how he speaks and leads. Verse 12, and he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and he causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. You know, Elijah did that, so he will be faking the miracles of Elijah. Verse 14, and 
deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, threescore, and six. And now we want to jump ahead in the book of the Revelation to Revelation 17, and we're going to read 1 through 18 there because what we're going to read there will give great insight to what we've just read earlier in Revelation 13. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, And the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. So this woman represents the prevailing false world religion of the tribulation period. But she also represents false religion, a substitute religion for the true faith in God all the way back to the Tower of Babel with Nimrod. And you can read about that historically in the book of Genesis. I want to say it's Genesis 10 or 11. It's somewhere right in there. And you can go read that. Verse, uh, let's see, let's go back to verse 3 in Revelation 17. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. So notice she is, she is kind of using the government, a global government of her day, the same government. And she seems to be kind of in charge, sort of. And I would say that is in the first half of the tribulation period, this new world religion, this global religion that emerges. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. 
and upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. So this is reminding us that the, the start of all false religions on the earth occurred with Nimrod at the Tower of Babel. And every false religion in the world can be traced back to the Tower of Babel. That's a fascinating study, by the way, if you do it. So there's the true faith in God, and there are hundreds of fake counterfeit religions to deceive and trick and lead people astray. And this harlot is responsible for all of that. But the the height of this harlot religion, this false religion, this new global religion in the world is at the first half of the tribulation because we're going to see something happen in a minute that will surprise you. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. You know, false religion has killed more true believers in Jesus in world history than you could possibly imagine. It is astounding how many millions of believers in Christ have been murdered at the hands of these false religions. And still in verse 6, we continue, And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. This, this was something John had a very hard time comprehending. Verse 7, And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. When they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. This, I think, obviously alludes to this resurrected, uh, this previously assassinated and resurrected world leader that we normally call the Antichrist at the midpoint of the tribulation period, and he is literally indwelt bodily by Satan at that point. So the people people are just, they're astounded at what they're seeing. But this false religion all through history is, the, it is uh, held accountable for all the martyrdom that it has created upon true believers of God, at least since the Tower of Babel, all right? Now, we know that false religion actually started in heaven. Now, I know that's blowing your mind right now, and you're saying, what are you talking about? Lucifer, we talked about this for two or three episodes here recently, rebelled because pride was in his heart, and he wanted to worship that is only due to God. You remember that. 
So he's the start of false religion, but that was in heaven. This is where how we see it show itself on the earth. Now, let me, let me put in something here so you can catch this change when it happens. It appears that initially, the first three and a half years of the tribulation period, this false world religion will be just some big global world religion where everybody and his brother is in it and they think it's just great. They're not really worshiping God, but they're deceived that they are. And the beast who is not yet indwelt by Satan uses that new world religion to help reach the point of power that he's going to reach. But then when he reaches it, he turns on that false world religion and basically destroys it as it is and turns it into all-out worship of himself with the help of the false prophet. So let's, let's read that here in Revelation. And so that, that beast is resurrected now. This may also allude to the revival of the Roman Empire. And I believe that is exactly what we see happening in the tribulation period. But the leader is literally assassinated and in some way is resurrected, whether it's a fake resurrection or some satanic miracle and he's resurrected. I I can't answer that part, but the whole world thinks he's resurrected from the dead, just like Jesus. In fact, he may be Jesus. That's how the world is going to be impacted by what they see. All right, so go to verse 9. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains. Now, the mountains can refer to, like, uh, governments. They can refer to literal mountains as well. Guess what city sits on the so-called seven hills? The city of Rome. Rome has definitely exercised an awful lot of power in terms of religion throughout world history. And the current pope, and if there's a pope after him, I'm sure he will too, is trying very hard to establish a new world religion which brings everybody under one tent and it's going to be totally bizarre. So I don't think that the Catholic Church is the ultimate expression of that, but it will be a big, big, big vehicle for it. And if you're Catholic, I'm not against Catholics. I love people. I want everyone to go to heaven, and you don't get there by depending on a church. You get there because of Jesus Christ. But anyway, verse 9 says, And here is a mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth. And is of the and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. He will be sent to the lake of fire. We know that from the book of the Revelation, verse twelve. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, 
which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb, that's Jesus, and the lamb shall overcome them for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest where the whore sitteth are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And the 10 horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore Remember I said that the beast and his whole system is going to turn on this false world religion and then use it to enforce beast worship. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore and shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. That may refer to Rome. That may refer right on back to the Tower of Babel and Babylon, which is the the mother of all false religions. That's a lot to take in, I know. But I want you to know the stage will be set for the Antichrist so that when it's time, he can step right into total control because we don't really see him setting a lot of this up. It's, it's like it. the stage has been set prior to his identification, and he walks right into that power. And you'll notice we saw the idea of the very words in what we've read that he's given power, that he's, he's ushered into this spotlight on the stage. He gets this power not only from the dragon, which is Satan, but also from the uh, ten kings, and the political system of the day. So we ask that question, what things do we need to see in stage setting to realize what time it is? Now I want you to really concentrate right here. Number one, and these are, these are just ways to put handles on what we've read. Number one, we will see in place to a great extent, a global religious system. Many within who are professing Christians, I don't think they are at all, but they think they are. They say they are. Many professing Christians are talking about something called Chrislam, some type of fusion or blend of Christianity and Islam because, quote, after all, we all worship the same God, which is not true, 
And no Muslim would agree to that, and a true Christian would not agree to that. But anyway, that's what's often said. And we see a, a move being made among the religious leaders of the world right now when they have conferences and all these uh, people from Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, Christianity, and I don't know, all these others, Zoroastrianism or whatever, you know, all these people come together and they're just totally clueless, or if they know what they're doing, shame on them. But anyway, they come together under the banner of climate. You know, the most threatening thing going on in the world today is not all the nuclear weapons Iran is about to start having, but it's climate change or the pandemic or the next pandemic. But you know what? Eventually, that global religious system is going to be flipped. They're gonna, uh, the, the beast is going to flip the script. And that global religious system will be the leader of and forced into helping uh, make happen under that false prophet beast worship, worship of the Antichrist. So how will the stage be set? Well, one thing will be a massive push for a global religious system. And we absolutely see that happening right now just like I just laid it out right there. And if you don't believe me, spend one hour online and Google anywhere you want and you will pull up article after article, news story after news story, probably some video of all of the efforts being made to can't we all just get along? That whole routine among the religious leaders of the world. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, do your own research and you're going to come out of it with your hair standing on end because you're going to go like, that's really happening. It's really happening right now. Here's a second thing. There will be a global political system. It's sort of like you can vote for anybody you want as long as you vote the way we tell you to. <laughs> that kind of thing. The Chicago way. <laughs> A global political system where essentially, no matter how many political parties and governments of the world there are, there's really only one, and that is to put a global political system in place. If you doubt that this is happening, please do your own research. And at the end of that research, you're going to walk away going like, that's pretty much happening. They almost call it that, global government. And the goal, by the way, is global government by 2030 from none other than the United Nations. If they can do it sooner, they want to. So are you just making this up? I'm not making this up. I've just read their statements. Go read it. Number three is a global economic system. This is literally being talked about. The need to do away with currency and coinage and that all money will become digital. Do you know why? Everybody and everything they do or don't do can be tracked because the governments of the world will know exactly what's done with your money, because now it's digital. 
And by the way, if you diss the government, as happened in Canada with the trucker uh, protests there, they can just, you know, click that mouse and defund you. You now have no money in the bank when you went to sleep with $5,000 in the bank. Again, if you're blissfully ignorant and spend all your time watching sports, don't read anything, don't watch anything uh, in terms of research, you're just going, this can't possibly be true. Another uh, conspiracy theory. Okay, believe whatever you want, but if you research it, you're going to realize that if this global economic system could have been put in place last week, they would have. It's just they're working toward it, and it's going to happen. Here's a fourth thing. And by the way, those first three things we just I just mentioned are, are right there in Revelation 13. The religious system, you know, worshiping the beast, the political system with the, the ten kings and all of that, and, you know, the heads of government and all that stuff, and the economic system that no man might buy or sell without the mark of the beast, okay? Now, when you listen to these Augustinian theologian types, they'll just say, oh, no, 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 that's not what that's talking about, and blah, 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 blah. No, that's exactly what that's talking about, and they are hopelessly trapped within systematic theology. If they would get their head out of that and have a biblical theology and look at what's going on in the world, they would sound the alarm too, but they never will. Uh, shame on them. The fourth thing is global a global enforcement system. In Ezekiel 38 and 39, which we talked about here in this, this podcast not too long ago, once Russia, Persia, which is Iran, and Turkey, invade with their many other countries, invade Israel, I believe because of all of their oil reserves, their natural gas reserves, Europe is out of natural gas, they're having problems with Putin, that pot of gold, so to speak, is sitting right there in Israel. I think it's the largest natural gas reserve just discovered ever in world history is in Israel. You get the picture? God's going to put a hook in Russia's jaw, and Russia and their allies are going to invade Israel, and they're going to be supernaturally judged by God. Israel will not defend itself. God will defend them. That's what we see in Ezekiel uh, 37, 38, and 39, especially in 38 and 39. Well, when Russia is taken out of the picture militarily and the nuclear threat of Iran is in completely toast, right? There's going to be a huge power vacuum. And I believe the Antichrist is, and global government is going to fill that because now the, the balance, the counterbalances have been all messed up and that vacuum is going to be filled. And we can already see, even from the pandemics that we went through, that the world is completely primed for police state tactics. We now know one thing for sure after watching the pandemic. By and large, most policemen and police forces will do what they're told. That's frightening. Many did not out of conscience and yay for them. But many will do what they're told. 
to keep people in line. So a global religious system, a global political system, a global economic system, you're either in or out. If you're out, you're going to die, you know, unless God provides for you supernaturally. And four, a, a global enforcement system. And I think that includes the militaries of the world as well. I mean, there's, there's one total enforcement mechanism that works every time it's let loose, and that's the military. So, here's a question for you. Do we see any stage-setting events happening right in front of our own eyes in real time? Well, duh, of course we do. Here's what you can think about. Digital money, Russia, Persia, and Turkey, their leaders had a meeting, as I record this, about three weeks ago <laughs> together. Well, they're the three major leaders that are going to invade Israel. Guess where they're, they're operating right now? In Syria, right on the northern border beyond the Golan Heights of Israel. It's a hop, jump, and a skip to invade Israel from where they're already at. We see one-party government the world over where the rights of people are simply being run over by tanks, literally, or crushed. We see conferences of religious leaders who speak in glowing terms of a new world religion where we can all come together and experience love, joy, peace, and global harmony. Makes me want to puke. <laughs> We see the race to global government by 2030 at the latest or sooner if they can get away with it. We see a growing surveillance society that originated in China and is being exported to your hometown and countries all over the world with the cameras that are now everywhere and they see everything. And then, of course, being spied upon by our devices, right? our phones, our iPads, and so on. The use of social credit scores. Hey, you, you know, you play ball with us, you're in. You cross us and don't do what we say one time, and you're out. That's what we see happening in China, and that is looking very exciting to many tyrannical types in the Western world, and we have a bunch of those. We see in Israel... I don't even have time to explain this, but you can research this and you will be shocked at what you learn. In Israel, the Orthodox Jewish people and the Temple Institute are ready to rebuild the temple. Like if they were given permission, they would start Monday. Yes. Israel is now becoming a cup of trembling to all nations, just as the Bible predicted. It was hard for me years ago to see how that could come about. Our own country, the current administration, hates Israel, and they are propping up Iran at every step. Our country is about to sign a devastating treaty with Iran again that will essentially guarantee the destruction of Israel if God didn't protect them 
and probably of the United States through nuclear means. That makes no sense on a day when American forces have attacked Iranian forces in Syria. That happened today as I'm recording this. And Israel at the same time attacked Iranian bases in Syria. Now, by the time you hear this, who knows what will be happening? But that's what's going on in the Mideast. Now, here's things to watch for. And I wrote this before I heard the news today about the U.S. military action and the Israeli military action. By the way, let me tell you this. Did you know that Israel has just completed the largest uh, war game exercise, I think, in their history within Israel? It's three weeks long, and it even involved the civilians. You think something's about to happen? Israel has said that they will never allow Iran to possess a nuclear weapon, that they will not allow it, no matter what they have to do. And by the way, do you know what Iran has said? That when they get a nuclear weapon, they intend to use it to wipe Israel off the map. I believe both countries. I want you to be on the watch that pretty soon, because Iran is rumored to be right at the point that they now have nuclear launch capability. I believe soon Israel will destroy the nuclear weapons program in Iran, which I think could trigger the impending invasion of Israel by Russia, Persia, which is Iran, and Turkey and their satellite allies. And then Israel will have to be supernaturally delivered from that invasion by God. The whole world will see this. The destruction of Damascus is coming up at some point. I think that's Isaiah 17. It's never been fulfilled, but it will be. Did you know Damascus is the oldest city in the world that has had a continuous Existence. People have lived in it continuously for over 2,500 years. That makes it unique among the cities of the world. But it's in Syria, of course, and a lot's going on in Syria and has been for many years. That's about to happen, I believe, in Damascus. And I don't say that lightly because there are many people in Damascus who need the Lord. And there are many Christians there as there are in Iran and in Turkey. So we, we say none of this lightly, but we're telling what Scripture says is going to happen. You may even see in the near future the actual rebuilding of Babylon, the city. There's a debate among people who believe the Bible. Will, will Babylon be actually literally rebuilt, or is it only symbolic of what Babylon uh, is as the mother of harlotry, of false religion. You know, the way Scripture plays out, we'll probably see the rebuilding literally of Babylon. That's very probable. All right, I'm done. Now 
you have the ability to tell time even if you're a beginner. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> when I see my wife buying a turkey and cranberry sauce, can Thanksgiving Day be far away? Of course not. Listen, when we see these things being set up, we know the rapture of the church is closer. I want you to be ready for the rapture of the church. I want you to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And maybe many of you already do right now. Spread this message. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to call this number, 877-247-2426. 877-247-2426. Someone will speak with you about how to become a Christian. And then when the rapture happens, you can go with us. Amen? Instead of being left here to go through the tribulation. Listen, the Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's in Romans 3.23. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hey, why don't you chat with someone about Jesus at chataboutjesus.com. Thanks for listening. Please like this episode, follow the podcast, and share it with someone right now from where you're listening. And if the rapture doesn't happen first and I'm still on the earth, (laughs) then we will be back next week with the next episode of This Week in the Word at dredhill.podbean.com. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.